to Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny, a show where we will talk about finding beauty in the most unconventional places in our lives. So every week, we'll talk about dealing with disappointment or overcoming frustration, dealing with stuff that just gets under your skin and derails you. We'll also have amazing guests on here that will be sharing their stories. So I'm your host, Shanna Strange. Let's dive in. What's up, folks? Yeah, so I am here at the house, just chilling on a Saturday and thinking about thinking about the remnant. Yeah, the remnant of God and um, how we are living in the last days. And let me just say really quick, if you hear like people screaming in the background, it's because there's like some neighborhood kids playing outside, and I keep hearing screams. I don't know if it's screams of pain or screams of joy, <laughs> but if you hear the screaming, um, I'm not hurting anyone. There's no torturing going on in my house. Yeah, it's just kids. So, um, you know, I just want to talk about something that's really been on my heart and um, kind of what's led up to this. So a few months ago, um, I shared in a couple of episodes back, it may have been the last episode um, where I taught, I talked about uh, the value of quick repentance and how I had been in a season where I'd felt very disconnected from God, very dark. And um, what what I ended up having to do was repent because there were these sins in my life that I was not being honest about. And they were separating me from the Lord. And as a consequence of being separated from the Lord, I fell into depression. By the way, that's how it always happens. Um, if you find yourself depressed or anxious, um, there could possibly be some hidden sin in your life. That's just a side note. Maybe I'll do an episode on that. But um, what happened during this season, I came back to the Lord. Um, not that I ever really left, but there were just some things that needed to be dealt with. So when I came back into that full relationship with Him, I began to feel so strongly um, that He was coming back so very soon. And I've had those times before. I remember having a time like that probably in the late 90s. And then I had it again, maybe about four or five years ago. Um, And then you get comfortable and settled in your life and then you kind of forget. And then all of a sudden I would have this quickening in my spirit and the Lord would just, it wasn't like I heard a voice. I didn't have a dream. And, you know, I do have a lot of those, but it was more a knowing in my spirit that we were living in the last of the last days. And so I'm not going to try to um, build that case today that we're living in the very end. Maybe that's a series that I'll do. But I just wanted to let you know that that's where this is coming from. I felt such an urgency that I couldn't shake. And so during this time, a friend and of mine, we have a ministry together um, called Ladies of Fire. We had been feeling like we needed to start a prayer room. And so we were just, just kind of tossing that idea around, praying about it. Um, we had visited a couple of prayer rooms and felt like, yeah, this is what we feel like we're supposed to do. And so um, we started really diving into that. Simultaneously, we were studying a lot of, of teachings about the last days. And I'm talking about like, I would spend hours a day um, either reading for myself, reading like Daniel and Revelation simultaneously back, you know, with with each other so I could see the two things, how they work together. 
uh, reading different books like um, Isaiah, where there is some prophetic end time stuff. There's not a whole lot in Isaiah, but there is some, a lot in Zechariah. First um, and Second Thessalonians, looking at these books like this, even Ezekiel, looking at that, and how all of these scriptures tie together, and they really paint a picture for us of the last days. Not to mention the Gospels, specifically Matthew 24, where Jesus is saying, here's what's going to happen, here's how you're going to help. Because the disciples are asking him, how will we know when you're bringing in the next era, the next age to come? And Jesus starts telling them all the things that are going to happen. And so I've been studying that um, to the point that I would literally watch um, different uh, ministers that I trusted and felt good about, felt like what they were teaching was true and not doctrinal error of some sort. And I would watch them and, you know, of course, pray about it. God, is this true? Um, hours a day I would do this. I was almost borderline obsessed with this. Well, right in the middle of all this is when COVID-19 hits. And so here I am thinking, oh my gosh, Lord, is COVID-19 kind of like the precursor to what ushers in the complete and total global economic collapse of the world? And I really started debating this in my mind and in my spirit and started feeling like this could be what literally ushers in a digital currency. And as a lot of you know, if you keep up with the news at all, one of the things that some of the Democrats tried to sneak into uh, the bill that was passed, the stimulus package, was digital currency, uh, worldwide digital currency. And so I'm thinking, Lord, this cannot be a coincidence that you were so heavily on my heart about this being the last days. By the way, it wasn't just me. It was literally tons of people I knew were feeling this way. Um, and lots of teachers that I respect were starting to talk about it more. And so I can, I'm like, it can't be a coincidence. The week that we started our prayer room here in Gladewater, which is, you know, really close to Longview, is the week that the mandatory shelter-in-place um, rules were passed in Texas and nationally and then in, in our states. And I thought, oh, wow. And then you can see the repercussions that COVID-19 has had on our economy. It is shocking, y'all. And so what I'm trying to tell you is we, I believe we are living in the last days. I could go on and on for hours about this and still not, you know, use up all the information and all of the knowledge that I've acquired over the past few months over this topic. But I just want to say that you, if you're, if you're connecting the dots here, you can see how this could create economic collapse in all of the nations and from the economic collapse, a ruler could arise who can say things like, I can fix this. Um, let's create a digital currency that's worldwide. And he's going to pretend to have peaceful answers. And he's going to pretend like he cares about everyone. And he's going to have this plan. And people are going to flock to him and follow him. And of course, we know this is the Antichrist. And um, I believe what is happening right now is paving the way for the Antichrist to arise. Um, it makes sense. If the whole world collapses, there needs to be a savior, right? <laughs> so that's really not even what I want to talk about today. But I, I do want to talk about the remnant. So this podcast, I am basically dedicating to the remnant of God. Yeah, what is a remnant? So if you actually look up what the biblical definition is of a remnant, it says something like a surviving group that that uh, or a group of people that survive after a catastrophe is what a remnant is. 
this is shocking and amazing all at the same time if you think about um, what's going on this is a catastrophe a pandemic and I believe in my heart that what's going to happen is there is going to be uh, some people that fall away from the faith there are going to be some people over the next few years um, that are just they just can't wrap their mind around how could a loving God allow things like COVID-19 how could a loving God allow economies to crash? How could a loving God allow famine and for children to starve to death? How can a loving God send or allow pestilence, which, which by the way is what we're going through. Pestilence is a contagion, a contagious disease that cannot be stopped. And that's what COVID-19 is, right? So there's people, followers, who, who people, let's just say they, they say they're followers of Christ. But they're not because they can't let go of this false idea of who they believe God is. Now, if you really read the entire context of the Bible, the whole counsel of the Bible, and not just a few passages from the New Testament that seem nice and tickle your ears, um, you'll see that God can, he can actually deal with us pretty severely at times with humanity. Why is that? Why can we have this loving God who's both merciful, <clears throat> loving, but also severe, severe in punishment? And it's because he's holy. It's because he's righteous. It's because he's actually more concerned about where people end up spending eternity than he is about their comfort right now. So what does that mean? That means that if someone needs to die from COVID-19, but receive him at the end of their life, he's willing to make that. He's willing to say, you know what, I'll allow that because it brought you to me. Think about your own life. What brought you to Christ? It wasn't because things were great. It was because things were probably horrible in your life. So he allows things like this to bring people to him. It's called the shaking, right? It's the great shaking that was spoken of in Haggai where it says, the Lord says, I'm going to shake the earth. He also says he's going to shake the nations. He's going to shake everything that can be shaken. And that's what we're going through right now. It's a great shaking. Now what happens, let's just, let's just pretend you're shaking um, like a tree. Let's just pretend you're shaking. What happens when you shake a tree? Things fall off of it. And the only things that remain that are on it are the things that were strong and rooted right? So people who don't have deep roots right now in their Christianity and they're following a Christ, they're going to fall away and we're going to witness it. So that's one of the, you know, huge things that we're going to see over the next few years, and definitely speaking prophetically right now, is that we're going to see the falling away. And it's going to be hard to watch. It's going to be hard to watch uh, people fall away. People that you thought knew the Lord, people that you thought had a walk with him. Um, you know, you, you might have to watch them fall away. You can pray for restoration. I mean, that's definitely what we want, want people to be restored. But the Bible is very clear that there's going to be a falling away in the last days. And so we're going to have to see it. And what we want to do is hide ourselves in Christ so that we don't fall away. Um, I want to talk about, here's some points that I have for you today. I'm just going to go through a list of points. And this is, you know, like I said, I'm dedicating this to the remnant. So if you're the remnant of God and you know it and you're like, you know, I'm in it for the long haul, Lord. Whatever, you know, whatever you got to shake in my life to keep me connected to you, shake it. I don't want any idols. I want you to, to dethrone everything in my life that is standing in the way of me having a pure relationship with you. Um, 
yeah, let's let's do it, Lord, whatever you got to do, right? So here it is for the remnant. Things will never, listen to me, things will never be easy for you because you were made to overcome. Now, here's the truth of it. Things are never really easy for everyone all the time. But we do see that people who are are working in connection with demonic spirits, he does uh, give them, he gives them kingdoms of their own. And things look like they're easy on the surface for them. They're probably not. But they do have, you know, kind of an easier life. It looks like to me. They may not always. But it's never going to be easy for the remnant. You were made to overcome. Listen to what Jesus said. Um, The time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when you will be scattered. He's talking to the disciples. Each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all these things. So that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, here it is, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And because he has overcome, we have been called to overcome. That is who we are. Um, it's in our DNA. We, we overcome because he overcame. And he's given us his strength. He's given us his authority. In this world, that was from John 16, 31 through 33. Okay, so point number two, don't expect to be understood and accepted by the world. Uh, Don't expect to be understood and accepted by the world. And I'm going to add, or even by people who say they're followers of Christ. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I have felt the Lord call me to do something and Christ followers were some of my biggest non-supporters, <laughs> that's even a word, you know, they were just like, why are you doing that? Like, that isn't even, you know, because they're still stuck in a religious box. And God, I believe, is even shaking religion right now. Like, our idea of what we think religion should look like, church should look like, God is shaking everything up. If you want my honest opinion, God is bringing us back to the way it started. The way it started is the way it's going to end. Mm, that's powerful. How did it start? In homes. It started in homes. It was organic. It was real. It wasn't about some propped up, you know, celebrity pastor on a platform that everybody worshipped. And everybody was like, oh, can you solve all my problems? You have all the answer. And you're the only one that hears from God. That kind of stuff is being pulled down right now. And we are watching it. So people who have put their hope in pastors or platform ministers, celebrity ministers, whatever you want to call them, they're getting the they're getting the rugs jerked out from underneath them. And and I'm not opposed to people who have, you know, this high status. I'm not saying that because not all of them are impure. Not all of them are um, not following Christ. I'm not definitely not saying that, but I am saying our paradigm of what ministry really looks like is getting shifted. God is waking up his sleeping church. And so I love what, man, this is harsh. This is what James, the brother of Jesus says in James chapter four. He says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture, scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Yeah, so um, don't expect to be understood and accepted by the world. 
don't accept to be, I mean, don't expect to be popular. Don't expect to be super cool and trendy and edgy and all of this seeker-friendly stuff that's been going on. Man, it just really rubs against my spirit. And if I'm wrong, I pray the Lord convicts me. I'm not saying don't care about unbelievers, uh, but man, we are who we are. And we don't need to water down the gospel and we don't need to pretend like, um, you know, it's almost like we're apologizing for Jesus and we're apologizing for God's judgment and we're apologizing for the nature of who God is all the time. And we want to make him only about love. Well, yes, he is all about love, but because he is a loving God, he's also a just God, just like a parent, a good parent would be. They don't let you get away with things. You get spanked when you do the wrong thing or you get some form of punishment to teach you that you cannot do those things. And that's exactly what's going on. There's so many people who are offended by that. But he lo- he chastised those he loves. So be earnest and repent is what he says in Revelation. Is that I rebuke, I, I, I discipline actually is the word. I discipline those I love. So be earnest and repent. Ouch, ouch, ouch. So that's not a popular saying when it comes to the world. They don't want to be told they're wrong. They don't want to be told, you know, they want to they want to live in the fantasy land and just do whatever you want to do and it's okay. And to each his own, can have his own God, whatever, whatever. We all know this is a lie. So don't buy into that. Make a stand for what you know is truth and then stand on it. You're not going to be understood by people. You're not going to be understood by the world. The end. That's hard, y'all. But this is for the remnant. <laughs> okay, number three, expect persecution. So this is just following number number two. So if you're not understood, guess what? You get persecuted. Um, I, let's, let me read this for you. This is uh, Paul. He's talking to 2 Timothy. He's talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy. And he says, you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. Are we not watching that right now? They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true for you know you can trust those who taught you. Man, that's such a powerful scripture from someone who endured tremendous persecution. You should expect to be persecuted if you're part of the remnant. You should actually be just like the apostles were and count it. Um, what was the word say counted all joy but they, they were they were actually joyful about being persecuted to suffer for Christ they counted it an honor to suffer for him and that's how we have to look at persecution it's an honor to suffer for him it may not feel like it but it is number four expect to encounter God in powerful ways so that we're going to turn the tide make this a little bit happier because those are some of the things I just listed we're kind of like the negative things that we would say, ah, these are painful. But here's some of the positive, I guess, more positive ones. Expect to encounter God in powerful ways. So, you know, expect to see people healed. Expect to see, I don't know, dead people raised to life. Expect to see miracles, signs, and wonders. The scriptures say that when the gospel is preached, that miracles, signs, and wonders follow. So the question is, are we preaching the gospel? Because when the gospel is presented, things change in the atmosphere. I feel a witness up in here. Yeah, when you start preaching the truth about God, about who he really is, and about his son, 
stuff just happens. I, I was just a witness to this myself. I, I went in and I didn't even have an agenda. I went in to a women's conference and the Lord had not given me a message. All he told me was, I just want you to sing. So I knew I was going to sing a few songs. And then before I got up to sing, he gave me a passage out of John. I had been studying John for like a few weeks and he gave me the passage about, um, you know, if you believe me, then whatsoever you ask, whatsoever you ask, you will receive. Well, I was actually in a church that had not, um, they were open to the moving of God, but they had not experienced a lot of things like that. You know, experienced signs and wonders and healings of the body. And so we actually just began to move in a healing ministry that night. And God began to heal people, heal people's feet, heal people's brains. Um, but the gospel of, was presented, the truth. The truth was, and you know what? It required repentance. The words that I released, we had to all repent for the things we had believed about God that were not true. And that's why whenever you see Jesus, well, John comes before Jesus and he's preaching a message of repentance. And even when Jesus comes, he said before he starts doing things, he a lot of times talks about repentance. When you see the apostles coming into these different areas, they talk about repentance. Repent, the kingdom of God. When people repent, and the gospel's presented, then things happen. So you should expect to encounter God in these powerful ways, not only in your own ministry, but also in a personal dynamic that you have not encountered before because we're living in the last days. And so the scriptures say that in the last days, we know this in Amos and it's repeated in the New Testament, that he's going to, uh, or Joel, sorry, he's going to pour out his spirit on his sons and daughters on all flesh. And there will be prophetic, constant prophecies coming forth. There will be dreams and visions like never before. You should expect that if you're part of the remnant. That's part of your inheritance. Um, and I just said this one. Um, expect to God for God to use you mightily. That's it right there. You know what I mean? You should expect that. That's part of your inheritance. You are, If you're the remnant, you're not just going to sit back on the sidelines and cheer on the football team, the rest of the remnant that's playing. No, we're all going to be doing this together and miracle signs and wonders are going to be part of everyday life for the remnant you're not just going to every once in a while you know um when you work up the courage now this is going to be up to you if you want to be quiet fine be quiet but i'm telling you god wants to full force take just like he did with um i mean I, you can even look at the nation of israel and see how small it is but see how they were always able when their hearts were right and they were in a place of repentance before the Lord, they were able to defeat enemies that were way bigger than they were. And even in the end, when every nation, and you can see this in Zechariah, every nation of the world is going to come against Israel, but they're going to be defeated. Jesus is going to come in at the last moment. And we know that that's what he's been doing all along. He's been with them, this small group of people. It's the same thing as us. We're going to be stripped away and there's not going to be as many of us, but we're going to be so powerful because he's going to be with us. And I do want to add to this, that even though we're going to be a remnant, people are going to be falling away. But at the same time, we're going to have a huge harvest coming in. The last day harvest is going to be coming in simultaneously. That's a whole nother episode probably. Um, Here's another one that I think is so important is number six, don't let your heart become hardened by unbelief. I've been reading the Gospels, working my way through, and when I was working through Mark, what really stood out to me that Jesus kept saying over and over 
he kept saying things like, don't let your heart be hardened by unbelief. Or um, he would talk about the leaven of the Pharisees and their unbelief. And it would say, you know, he would come into a town. Um, I can't remember the specific town. It was, I guess it would have been Nazareth. Yeah, his hometown. And he couldn't do many miracles because they didn't believe. They were hard-hearted. And so hard-heartedness is going to block your miracles. It's going to block um, the Lord from having that constant interaction with you that he wants to have. Like if you don't believe, that's the foundation of being a Christian is believing, is having faith, right? And if you become hard-hearted, and the way that we become hard-hearted is because of just being in this world. This world is full of the spirit of the Antichrist. And so you find yourself under that influence of like someone tells you, and I've had this happen. Like I've been in these moments where my my heart became hardened. Um, and someone would tell me about something God had did. And I almost on the inside would be like rolling my eyes, but I wouldn't actually roll my eyes on the outside. And it's because my heart had become hardened and I was unbelieving. Like, I was like, yeah, well, he didn't do that for me. So that must be nice. You know, that kind of cynical attitude that we can get sometimes from being in this world and being disappointed. I think that's where a lot of hard heartedness comes from is being disappointed. I also think it comes from being under a spirit of religion where it's works based and You've got to beg God to help you. And man, and that's not what he wants. He wants to give us a heart of flesh, right? He says that in Jeremiah, or it's Jeremiah, I believe, where he says, I want to give you a heart of flesh for your heart of stone, right? That's what he's always wanted to do is to take that stony heart from us. And, and as we, you know, walk through these next few years, however long it is before he comes back, it could be a couple of decades. I don't know. Um, even if, even if it is two decades, that's relatively a short period of time considering, um, you know, this has been going on like six or 7,000 years, whatever the time frame is. But, um, you know, we have got to keep our hearts ever before the Lord and keep them soft and, and cry out to him to, let me have a soft heart. Let me, let me, and that means, you know, let me hear what you're saying, God. Let me care. Let me be tender before you. Let me um, be easily changed and adaptable and moldable by you, God, instead of being, you know, hard and cold to him. Um, this is huge, and this is something that I think we all can struggle with at times. And the last one is to learn how to persevere. If I could say anything, it would be we're going to have to learn how to persevere. I, if if COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's taught us how to persevere. This has been going on like six weeks, I think, right now. And um, everybody's tired, sick and tired of it. People are falling into depression and anxiety from it because they're isolated, because they can't go to church because they can't really interact with people. Um, and, you know, this is just a precursor. This is a birth pain. One of the things I never finished earlier saying that I want to finish now, sorry if I'm all over the place, um, is that, you know, in the beginning I said I thought this might be like, okay, this is the beginning of the end, and this is what's going to lead to the complete <laughs> economic collapse of the world, and it still may do it. But really what I've figured out that I really think it's all about is it's a birth pain. It's another birth pain, just like the earthquakes that are going on around us, just like the the increased famines, the um, how we are having earthquakes in strange places that never have them, tornadoes in weird places. Um, we are seeing more and more and more of this, 
And we know that that's what scripture says in Matthew 24. Jesus said, you're going to see more and more and more of this. And when it starts, it's just going to keep getting just like a woman who's having contractions. You know, when you start out, there's so many minutes apart and then they get closer, closer and closer and closer and then more intense and then more painful. And COVID-19 is definitely more intense and more painful. I think it's kind of like uh, getting us ready for what's coming next. So I hope that you are encouraged by this and not discouraged. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know some of this, some of the stuff I said is kind of tough and kind of harsh, but I think that if you're the remnant, you can, you can take it, right? We, we don't want to just hear messages that tickle our ears and make us feel good about ourselves. No, I want somebody to cut me. You know what I'm saying? Like, cut me, Lord. Like, cut me. If if there's something offensive about me, if there's something I'm doing that you don't like, I want you to cut me. I want the sword of God to come in and to cut me, and he'll do it in such a way that it's not the most painful thing I've ever. You know, if you had cancer on your body, would you want somebody to just say nice things to you and put a bandaid on it, or would you want somebody to cut that off of you? And I think that's what we're dealing with. You know, there are things that are destructive and sinful, and we need to let the Lord cut those things out of us, get the cancer out of us, um, because we are the remnant. We are the ones he's coming back for. So I hope this message encouraged you, uh, and I'm going to leave you with some um, exciting news that I've got going on in the ministry. So I'll see you guys next week. So thanks for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I just wanted to tell you that I'm starting something new on my ministry page, um, which you can find on Facebook if you just look up Shanna Strange Ministries. You will find me, and you should go and just follow my page, like it or whatever. And um, on Tuesdays at 9 a.m., I'm starting something called Coffee and a Chat. So that's just going to be a time where I can get together with you I really, you know, it's on my heart. I really want to know the people. I want to connect with the people that are um, part of my ministry family. I feel like I throw these things out here, but I don't really know anybody. And so I want you to get to know me as a person. I am a real person. And then I want to get to know you as well. So that's just going to be a time where we can come together. I'm not going to get super teaching. I really just want to chat. So, yeah, get your coffee and show up at Tuesday, 9 a.m. on my Facebook page. See you guys soon.